Welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions. Brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, a podcast from the Intel Internet of Things Group. It is a privilege to have you along with us for this episode of the show. I am Tyler Kern, and today we are talking about heterogeneous computing and the solutions that are provided by one API. And today we have two expert guests joining us. First, we have Binish Zia. She's a platform architect for healthcare solutions for the Intel Internet of Things Group. Binish, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we're also thrilled to be joined today by Yevgeny Dropkin. He is the chief engineer for GE Healthcare Digital Platforms. Yevgeny, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. I'm happy to be here. I am excited to have both of you here as well. So, Benish, you've been on the podcast once before, but for people who maybe uh, haven't listened to that episode, first of all, shame on you. You should go listen to that episode. It's excellent. But secondly, uh, maybe people haven't listened to that episode yet and don't know too much about you. So, Benish, why don't you start start us off and give us a little uh, introduction into who you are and give us your background and a little bit more of what you do with Intel. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. My name is Binesh Zia. By education, I'm an electrical engineer and currently work as a platform architect in the healthcare and life science business unit at Intel. For the last 10 years, I've been working in the field of technology and I'm very passionate about evolving technology in healthcare. In my role every day, I work closely with partners like GE Healthcare to understand the compute requirements underlying medical imaging, and then work with them to architect an optimized software and hardware stack that satisfies those requirements. For example, once a patient enters a CT machine, from that point where raw data is created, there are a number of tasks that need to happen before a radiologist can view the images. And those tasks can include compute, storage, networking, software aspects, and that's exactly what I work with um, our partners on. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff, Beanish. Thank you for that introduction and for telling us a little bit more about what you do. And Yevgeny, same question. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, and your role there with GE. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, my name is Yevgeny Drapkin, and I am a chief engineer for compute technologies with GE Healthcare Digital Platforms. I have my master's degree in computer science, and I have been working in the field of medical imaging for uh, close to 30 years, and about 25 of them with GE Healthcare. I had an opportunity to work with an ultrasound business and was part of the team that designed the very first PC-based ultrasound back in 1997 and then I have been part of uh, GE Healthcare CT engineering team for many years. And uh, me and my team, we actually led the adoption of uh, modern GPU technologies into medical imaging. We were the first one to have uh, CT imaging construction being accelerated through GPU technology back in 2008. And in my current role, I lead I lead the roadmap of compute technologies for the latest GE healthcare innovation called Edison HealthLink that enables actually to make every single medical device smarter or more intelligent medical device. It's also my pleasure to be part of the GE healthcare team that manage a close relationship with our strategic partners like Intel. Excellent stuff. Well, I'm I'm thrilled to have both of you on the show today. And so, Beanish, let's kick things off. Uh, start off by just giving us a, an ex, an explanation and maybe a primer on the concept of heterogeneous computing for people who might not be familiar with it, or just so we make sure that everybody knows what we're talking about here today. Given the evolving use cases in different industries and many devices wanting to address them, the move to heterogeneous computing is becoming inevitable. 
And what I mean by heterogeneous computing is where a host device sends compute tasks to different accelerator accelerators. And these accelerators, or as Intel calls them, XPUs, could be any offload target device commanded by a central processing unit. It can be built on any architecture from any hardware vendor. These could be general processing units, or GPUs, vision processing units, or VPUs, FPGAs, or ASICs. And the goal of these XPUs is to give you the best performance for a given application. Now, the challenge software developers face is determining which hardware architecture should they use for their workload, and arriving at that answer often involves lots of trials and error. And the biggest problem developers face is programming these heterogeneous systems. Absolutely. Now, Yevgeny, can you share some of the challenges of programming uh, heterogeneous systems? Uh, what, what sorts of challenges exist in this area? Uh, absolutely, but I would like to add a little bit to Benin's description of how, why heterogeneous computing is needed, and specifically in medical imaging. Right in medical imaging, uh, being able to create the results right away after the patient was scanned, it's a necessity. Right in many cases, it could make a difference, literally, between full recovery and partial recovery, just how fast we can generate the information needed for the clinicians to start treating the patient. So, and with a level of computational complexity of image reconstruction and image processing algorithms growing every year, we do need to find ways to accelerate them so we can deliver the fast results to the clinicians. And that's where heterogeneous computing is coming into play when we can identify the most performance critical algorithms and then map them on the acceleration devices to get much faster performance that will meet clinical needs. Right? So, and in this case, we obviously need to find a way to program those devices efficiently. So, one of the challenges is that the life cycle of the software that we design usually is much longer than the life cycle of the hardware uh, that we can deploy in any point of time, because usually the life, commercial life cycle of devices like GPU devices is relatively short. And we need to make sure that our solution delivers near optimal performance on every given compute platform, but it's also portable, so we can protect our investment into the software for the future generations of the hardware. Another challenge that I also think common for many big companies is that we have a lot of legacy software that was implemented uh, to run on the CPU device, and we don't have necessarily a straightforward way to port it and uh, take advantage of the acceleration devices we already have in our system design. So I think those are two major challenges that we face in every day, how to make a selection of the proper software model so we can get the optimal performance for the current generation of the devices, but also make it future-proof and protect our investment uh, for the next generation, but also how we can, with minimal effort, uh, to port our legacy software to take advantage of the modern technology. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I, I think you did a great job of uh, of explaining the challenges there. Absolutely. So, Binish, tell us a little bit about how one API can help address the challenges that Yevgeny just uh, just outlined for us. Yeah. So, as Evgeny mentioned, you can hear him say, "Software is at the heart of most of the challenges he was mentioning." So, there is a need to find a solution that solves that software challenge, and one of the ways to solve that is through one API. 
One API stands for One Application Programming Interface and is a common and is a cross-industry open standard-based unified programming model that aims to simplify programming for different architectures from different vendors. And there are multiple benefits to it. The way it does, apart from being the unified programming model, is that it gives you freedom to make your best choice. You can choose the best accelerated technology or the hardware you want to go with, and then the software doesn't decide that for you. Secondly, you can realize all the hardware value. You can have a code that's functional across different architectures. And once you know which hardware you want to choose, you can make the software more performant on that hardware. Thirdly, it lets you develop and deploy software with a peace of mind. What I mean by that is since One API is open industry specification, it provides you a more safe and clear path to the future. The base programming language of One API is DPC++, which is based on C++ and SQL standards, and it hence becomes compatible with existing languages and programming models like C++, Python, um, OpenMP, Fortran, and others. And lastly, and most importantly, it breaks the chains of proprietary lock-in. Being an open industry specification, it promotes community and industry collaboration, enables code reuse across different architectures from different vendors. And it also, being an open source specification, enables developing backends from non-Intel architectures. So that's the beauty. And I think that's how it will solve a lot of different software challenges that developers and uh, industry partners like G Healthcare are seeing right now. Evgeny, any, any follow-up to what you heard from Binish? Definitely support Binish's statements that One API provides unique solution uh, in terms of portability as well as ease of programming. We have several projects we are working on very close collaboration with Intel team, and we have several projects to actually evaluate and assess uh, different aspects of One API. In one of the projects, we actually work very closely with Intel to port our legacy C, C++ code to data parallel C++ or DPC++, which is part of one API package. And it was a very efficient uh, Intel team help us to develop almost a step-by-step uh, process how to do the porting. And it really took just a few days to have a fully functional version of DPC++. And then I was really impressed to see how this exact code can run on Intel CPU, Intel GPU, as well as NVIDIA GPUs. And for some of the algorithms, uh, out-of-the-box performance of NVIDIA GPU was, was pretty much close to entitlement. And even for other algorithms that, was, that were not necessarily designed to take advantage of GPU architecture, it was just a matter of several hours of optimization to get significantly better performance. So it was a very successful project from our standpoint. We also were looking into vendor-independent programming model to program some so-called fixed function in the modern GPU devices uh, like NVIDIA Tensor Cores. And uh, one API actually provides us a very unique solution that there is no other in the industry that if we want to program the Tensor Cores, our options are either use NVIDIA prog- proprietary programming models or use the one API that actually has backend to NVIDIA GPUs. And we were very impressed that we were able to get the right functionality and right numerical accuracy out of the box. And then with partnership with Intel, we were able to make sure that performance of our one API implementation is within just a couple of percent from the entitlement with highly optimized CUDA implementation. So I think that gives us 
uh, the confidence we need to actually consider one API, a programming language of the future that we believe will de facto will become an industry standard programming language. That's fantastic. And, uh, and Evgeny, I, I'm curious, just, were there any challenges in deployment? And if so, how did you overcome it, uh, any of the, the deployment challenges that you came up against? You're absolutely right. Just like with every new technology, right, adoption of the such radically new technology like one API programming model has a few challenges, both I would call them internal and external. What I call external challenges is really have to do with the commercial support of one API on non-Intel platform. Intel team is doing a fantastic job and makes full commitment to support one API on Intel platforms, right? But when we consider deploying them on non-Intel platform, unfortunately, we don't necessarily have other vendors joining forces with Intel and commit to the commercial support. So we are looking for some alternatives, and we hope that there are some third-party players in the industry that can support one API on platform other than Intel, and hopefully as an adoption of one API grows, uh, it will start making business sense for those sort of parties to provide more and more commercial support. And what I'm thinking, maybe the model similar to Linux operating system today, right? When there is an open source of Linux operating system available, but today we have several commercial companies supporting it for different platforms. I hope that one API on non-Intel platform can follow a similar model. I think another challenge is really the commitment to keep uh, performance on non-Intel platform close to entitlement as uh, uh, NVIDIA and AMD will keep developing next generation of their GPUs. Again, in ideal case, they will adopt, NVIDIA and AMD will adopt one API and will provide direct support for their next generation devices. But alternatively, again, I hope that third party companies will uh, find a sufficient business case to support it as one API will be adopted by the large number of industry players. Uh, when I talk about internal challenges, it's really about how to kind of to steer the ship as big as G healthcare engineering organization, right, to adopt a new programming model. And I think here we definitely benefit from very close relationship with Intel team that helps us and effectively provide us tutorials and almost step-by-step instruction how to get started and how to potentially port our legacy code to one API. And also, I think what helps is really to identify the most critical pieces when we think that one API will make the most significant differences, not just from uh, engineering efficiency standpoint, but also from our customer experience standpoint. And I think that probably is the most convincing case when we can show that the uh, algorithm with critical performance could be deployed so much faster and make a real difference for our customers. Very well said. Very well said, Yevgeny. So uh, as we begin to wrap up our conversation here today, I want to give each of you the opportunity just to give us any final thoughts or conclusions that you'd like to make from our conversation and leave the listeners with here today. So Binish, uh, let me turn things over to you first. Uh, what would you like to say uh, and what would you like to leave our listeners with here today uh, to wrap up this episode? Thank you, Tyler. Um, there are two, two things that I would like to point out to our listeners. Firstly, heterogeneous system architecture is here to stay. As Evgeny mentioned, there are different kinds of algorithms that work really fast for different kinds of architectures. So when you folks are bundling systems, it's likely going to have some CPU, some accelerators, some different kind of other com components to it. 
So heterogeneous system is here to stay. And that's what's driving the need for a common programming language to transform how software coding should be approached. And one API is a solution that gives you that unified programming model and removes the hardware vendor lock-in. So I would highly recommend our listeners to check out oneapi.io for more information on industry specification of OneAPI. And secondly, and lastly, we shared examples from the healthcare field, but the same learnings could apply to any industry. So feel free to reach out to either of us if you would like to have further discussion on the topic, irrespective of the industry you're in. Ajbinish, a great, great way to uh, to wrap up the episode. Yevgeny, final word for you. Uh, any Anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Anything else that you want to uh, say before we wrap up this episode? Uh, first of all, I would like to thank you for an opportunity to be part of this podcast. I think it was a great conversation. And I think it's a really important topic uh, because I agree uh, completely with Binish that heterogeneous systems are here to stay. And I think uh, the industry as a whole can benefit from broader adoption of one API because that will create the momentum needed to resolve some of the deployment challenges that we discussed. So I sincerely hope that people that listen to this podcast will find it uh, attractive enough at least to give it a try and hopefully will join forces with us to increase the industry adoption. Excellent stuff. We hope for that as well. It's been a pleasure having both of you on, Binish Zia and Yevgeny Drapkin. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the podcast and sharing your expertise and your insights as it relates to uh, heterogeneous computing. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, a podcast brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things group. It's been a pleasure having you along with us for this episode today. And of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest from the Intel Internet of Things group. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one, for my guests today, Binish Zia and Evgeny Dropkin, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us. 